Blog Talk Radio. Wake up, wake up, wake up, he's waking us to life. 
praise the Lord Jesus. My name's Patrick Sanders. This is Prayer International Radio. Thanks for joining me on another broadcast. We're going to be getting into worship and the word and prayer. So let's just open up with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time together that we can commune in your holy word, that you make yourself known to us, Father, through your Holy Spirit. Father, we ask for that edge, Lord, within us, that discipline to lean into the plow and to seek you, Father, and to push a little further, Lord God, that we might learn to cry out unto you, Father, and know you, Lord, as you are, and that you might be deposited and downloaded into us, Lord God, that we might reach out for the satellite uplink of your holy scriptures, that we can connect to you, Lord, through this ancient text, Father, which the Spirit reanoints and fills us, Lord God, with your presence, Lord, for we are made for your presence, Lord. I just pray you bless everyone out there, Lord, consecrate them, strengthen them, Father, and uh, grant them the prayers today, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, a couple of days ago, I talked about Joel chapter 2, verse 32, and uh, we're going to give some New Testament examples of crying out. Uh, Joel 2, verse 32, is requoted by Paul in Romans 10, verse 13, as uh, a few, a handful of uh, Old Testament scriptures are re-anointed, re-quoted uh, by New Testament writers. And so whenever there's a requote of the old by the new, it's something that is uh, the Holy Spirit wants us to focus on, that it's something that it's important. So look, let's look at uh, Joel 2, verse 32, and see what's so important. It says, uh, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. And the part that the Apostle Paul requotes is, Whosoever shall call, on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And oftentimes we think, you know, God sees us, he knows that we're in a certain position, that we're in a wilderness or a desperate situation, and that, you know, surely he loves me and um, he's going to deliver me. And while that's all, all true and everything, we really need to look at the details of Scripture. And what this says is that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So it's not good enough to be, just be in trouble. You've got to be in prayer while you're in trouble. You've got to be in a place of calling out and crying out unto the Lord, a place of passion, for it says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You've got to be effective, fervent, passionate, continual, consistent, and that when you call upon the name of the Lord, you're going to be delivered. It's, and uh, what's difficult about that is we don't necessarily immediately see or feel anything, though you may feel the presence and the peace of the Holy Spirit when you talk to God. I know that I do. And you're sort of wondering, uh, well, when's the prayer going to be realized? And the analogy I like to think of is when you order something and it's being sent to you in the mail, you've put your request in 
you've called uh, the 1-800 number or you've, or you've clicked something online to order, and though you've put in that request, there's a space of time until you actually receive that item in the mail. And even though you think that nothing's happening, there's actually people you don't even know uh, who are operating based on systems that other people that you don't even know have built. And they're functioning to get that product to your doorstep. So even though you've put in your request, don't think that nothing's happening in heaven, but God is moving angels. He's moving his hand. He's moving situations, persons, places, and things into position so that you can actually receive what it is that you're asking for. And um, so here we have Joel 2, chapter 2, verse 32. Whosoever shall call on the, on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And it's like you are going to get that package of deliverance in the mail. It's going to come to you. And um, I don't think uh, rarely if ever I've ordered something in the mail and it's not uh, come to me. It might, might have been delayed, but they never uh, lost my order. And if there's such accuracy in our mailing system, then think how much more accuracy there is in God's fulfilling of your prayer requests. His system works. It's just that it's hidden from our eyes and we grow discouraged. And um, God says that we're to cast off our natural senses. And I like to requote it says, uh, resist the devil and he shall flee from you. I like to put my own spin on that and call say, uh, resist the natural and it will flee from you. You need to resist what your eyes are seeing, what your ears are, are telling you, what your natural senses are telling you. And you need to stay rooted and grounded in the word. If the word says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, then that's how it is. That's how it's going to be. And you take this word and you make reality conform itself to you until you get that thing which you desire. See, a blacksmith will take a hammer and he'll beat some metal and keep on beating it until it's shaped in the desired fashion that he, he wants it to be in. And the uh, wood carver will sculpt and chip away at a block of wood until that which he envisions in his artistic piece comes to pass. And it says that God's word is like a hammer and it's like a fire and it's like a sword. It's like a sharp tool that the wood sculptor uses and the blacksmith uses to hammer away. See, your reality, you need to get the mindset to where you realize that you're in charge and that with God's word in your mouth, you have power and you've got authority to speak into the situations of darkness in, in your life and the life of others in this nation and the world. And you use what is the rock of ages, which is the hammer that will never fall apart, which is God's word. And you use that thing and you beat the situation and you keep on whipping it and beating it with the word of God until it conforms to what the word says is truth and reality because your mind and your senses will never tell you for sure what truth and reality is. 
if God says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, then that means all your worries, all your anxieties go by the wayside. It means that <clears throat> this is reality. This is truth. So therefore resist what the natural is telling you and it will flee from you. It will eventually yield. It will eventually succumb. And it will eventually submit to you just like metal submits to a blacksmith. It will be bent in the way that he wants it to be bent. Just like wood will be uh, conformed to what the sculptor envisions, but it's eventually going to bend. It's eventually going to yield and turn out the way that that tool says it's going to turn out because the hammer is stronger than that, that hot iron. That hot iron will be molded and mended the way that uh, iron and that anvil tells it to be mended, and the same with the wood. That wood is uh, more fragile than the uh, sharp tool of the sculptor. And so I'm here to tell you that God's word is more powerful and what it says is true than what your mind thinks is true, what your senses are telling you that's true, what your feelings are telling you that's true. It doesn't matter if you've uh, had some sort of problem with a person, a place, or a thing. Those persons persons, places, or things have to eventually yield and conform to what God's Word says. And so I just encourage you to get into His Word. His Word is your life. His Word is your strength. His Word is your power. And um, it's going to make a way for you where there seems to be no way. So let's just go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you that your Word is stronger than anything on earth, that your word is more powerful than anything on earth. Therefore, you said, Lord God, that we are to seek it, Lord, more than silver and gold. It's more valuable than any precious thing we can seek after. And so, Lord, I just pray that in the hearts of your people that you would plant such a hunger and a desire for your word that they would rise up, Lord God, to begin to perform simple, a simple discipline of reading a chapter today, a day, meditating on a verse a day, just anything to get your word in them, Lord God. I pray that you'd put a new hunger and a desire in them. Stir it up upon them, Holy Spirit, and strengthen us to cry out, to call out unto you. For, Father, you said if we cry out, then we shall be delivered. And, Father, if we shall be delivered, Lord God, then that's the way it is. That's the way it's going to be, and nothing can change it. For there is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. No man can fight against God and win. Most happily, he think he can fight, fight against the, the creator of the universe. It's not possible for that which is created to fight against the creator. Lord, we thank you that everything on, in heaven and on earth is under your authority, that it is like wood, iron sculpting tool. It is like hot metal to a hammer and an anvil. It is eventually going to yield to your word, you're eventually going to conquer it and overcome it, Father. And so, Lord, we just want to stand in a place, in a position of your word. We just want to get it in us, Lord God, so that we might speak it out of us like a hammer striking an anvil. Father, like a rock shattering a glass, that whatever illusions of the enemy would be thought to be put against us, 
we're just going to throw that rock against that illusion and it's going to shatter, Lord God. For you said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the natural and what it's telling you and it will flee from you and you will walk in the power and the strength of my word. And so, Father, we give you thanks today. We give you praise that you are almighty God, that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that your hand is upon us, Father, and we just praise you in Jesus' mighty name as we go back into a time of worship here on Prayer International Radio.
Patrick Sanders, this is Prayer International Radio, and we're all staying in God's Word together because it's going to take sticking together that we're going to stand in His Word because we can't make it on our own. So praise God. Father, we just thank you that we can come to you, that Father God, you desire us to come unto you. You desire to fill us, Father, with your deliverance. You said, whosoever will and call upon you and they shall be delivered father you want us to come unto you father and to be filled father with healing and deliverance we praise you for it in jesus name we're going to go to exodus chapter 25 verses 8 and 9 right now and it says and let them make me a sanctuary that i may dwell among them according to all that i show thee after the pattern 
of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. The pattern was revealed um, to, to Moses about how to build the tabernacle, which was a place where God met with man, and prayer is a place where God meets with us. He says that he dwells in the praises of his people. That's why here on this broadcast we uh, focus on worship and word and prayer because those are the things that God inhabits. And Moses built a thing that God inhabited called the tabernacle, and he did it by a pattern that God revealed by the Holy Spirit. And David did the whole the, the same thing in, when he built the temple. He built it by the revelation that was given to him by the Holy Spirit. And God's Word is designed that when you read it, it's a supernatural text that when you read it, you get personal revelation. It says that we need not that any man teach us, but the anointing teaches us of all things. And even so, as we abide in that anointing of revelation, we'll abide in him. And he is the vine where the branches. So if you've ever wondered, how do I abide in him? You read the scriptures, and revelation is opened by the Holy Spirit, and that revelation causes an abiding within him, and that sap of the Holy Spirit, and all that goodness and blessing flows from the vine into the branch and produces fruit in your life. So staying in God's word is really important, and all prayer is made by God's word. So if the building block to prayer is the word, then we need to stay in God's word. And so it says in Exodus 25, verse 8, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. And if you read that another way, it says, you know, I'm not going to dwell among you unless you make me a sanctuary. You've got to make something. You've got to make prayer. Prayer and praise and worship that's made by an act of your will by a conscious decision on your part to stand up and to stand in faith, and faith is an action. And as you do that, as you make him a sanctuary, he's going to dwell among you. And what is he? He is deliverance. He is healing. He is direction and guidance. And so the word of God is the building block. It is the pattern which we build prayer. It says in Joel that we read earlier, in the broadcast that uh, whosoever calls upon him shall be delivered, which is an awesome, awesome pro uh, promise. And uh, calling upon him is done by a pattern. And the tabernacle was made by a pattern. The temple was made by a pattern. That pattern is the revelation that God gives you in his word. And his word in and of itself is a revelation. When God says, if you call upon me, you'll be delivered, well, that's something I didn't know. Unless he told me, I wouldn't have known that. And so when we read the Bible, we come to understand how life works. And when we base our actions upon those promises, there is going to be a manifestation. He promises it. He promises to come and dwell with us if we make him a sanctuary. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 40 for another scripture that is similar. And it's 40 verse 3. It says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert 
a highway for our God. And uh, planes cannot land unless there's a highway. And we call that highway a runway, a landing strip. And before the plane lands, there has to be a landing strip. There has to be a highway in the desert. And so you may be in a desert, but God says first make a highway. Make a landing strip in prayer. Make a landing strip of praise and of worship and all, all that I am in my deliverance and healing, I will come and dwell with you. If you make that sanctuary, I'm going to come and dwell in it. So God desires that while we're still in our desert, while we're still in our problems, we're to make straight that landing strip, that runway, we're to prepare a way for the Lord in the wilderness. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. We're to cry out in the wilderness and prepare a way for him because he's looking for your prayer. God is attracted to faith. He's attracted to actions. Your faith makes a way for him. It alerts him. It sends him a signal. And faith is an action. God responds to action. You, may be, you can believe all you want that God's going to deliver you in your wilderness and in your desert, but read the details. And the details in the fine print say, call unto him, cry out unto him in, in the wilderness and prepare a way. Make a way of faith. Make yourself attractive by putting on a good attitude. Joshua and Caleb can tell you a little bit about that. And uh, the ten other spies who had a bad attitude can tell you a little bit about that. God is attracted to faith. He's attracted to the right response. And the pattern of the word tells us the right response. We fashion our words and our thoughts after the pattern of the promises found in Scripture. And when you wait for a while in that, abiding in that, then God is eventually going to show up. Let's look about the waiting factor in this equation of how you get God to respond to you. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, Verse 35, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, that is, performed an action of prayer, crying out, ye might receive the promise for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. So God says, perform in action, for you have need of patience that after you have done, after you have done the will of God, after you've sown that seed of an action, you might receive the promise. So there is a waiting factor in God fulfilling and coming through on Joel 2, verse 32, where it says, Whosoever shall call shall be delivered. And in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, it says, And be that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You need faith, which is action, and you need patience, which is simply waiting on that package that you've ordered to come through for you in the mail. You've clicked it. You've called the 1-800 number. Now it's up to somebody else. You've done what you can do. And now you're waiting on God to perform the rest. 
and we can trust that he is because God doesn't lie. Can you imagine that that God is someone that it's impossible for him to lie? Uh, just like it's uh, impossible for other things to take place in nature. Uh, if you just think about all the things in nature, um, it's probably impossible for a bird to swim. You know, fish swim and fish don't fly and, and birds don't swim. So those Two things don't coexist, and so in the same way, it's impossible for God to do something such as lie. So whenever he promises something, it's, that's how it's going to be. you just got to wait for it. And speaking of birds, how does a bird build a nest? A bird, I've, I've watched them. It says, uh, it says, go to the ant and consider her ways. Well, let's look at a sparrow and consider the ways of a sparrow for a moment. A sparrow will go to pick out twigs here and there. They'll find little pieces of of fabric, of plastic, of what have you, and they put all this stuff together, and it eventually compounds and accumulates in a cruise into that of a nest wherein it can lodge. Well, it refers to God as, as the dove of the Holy Spirit fell upon Jesus when he was being baptized. And um, the baptism of his spirit, the, the resting of this, the presence of God and all that it contains, uh, deliverance, healing, guidance, all of that is looking for a nest. And you've got to be that sparrow. You've got to go and collect the bits and pieces of God's promises until you nest it all together and it compounds, compounding interest, that it increases unto a nest, a place of faith in your heart and your mind until he can come and rest in it. He's looking for you to build up your faith. He's looking for you to build up your strength in him so that he can come and land. Just like a plane searches for a landing strip, God is searching for prayer in you. He's searching for praise. He's searching for a right attitude, a right spirit, a right confession that Joshua and Caleb did that successfully got them into the reality of the manifestation of the promised land where uh, ten other spies couldn't get there because they did not have that nest of a good attitude built within themselves. And how do you build a nest? How do you build faith in you? that God responds to, that he's attracted to, you do it the same way a sparrow does it. You go and you pick out uh, little by little. You praise the Lord little by little. You make confessions, positive confessions and decrees here and there little by little until over time you find that God is lodging within you, that he, you have made a sanctuary and that he has come and he has dwelt in what you have built because you've built it according to the right pattern of his, his word, his right thoughts, his right word, all the things that he's created and made and fashioned form for us in his word to, to look upon and to, to mirror in our words and our actions until he comes and he dwells with us because what we're doing is found favor with him. So, Father, we just thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus that there are promises to be fulfilled 
and that all we have to do is act upon them and wait in, in faith that uh and they are gonna come, you are gonna reveal yourself. You you are gonna come and manifest yourself in the desert, Lord God. If we make straight in the desert a landing strip, a highway for our God, you will come and land and make your abode and you'll dwell with us, Lord God. We just pray that you'd give us that positive attitude, that strength to walk in the here and now of your word and not what our senses are telling us. But, Father, you would guide us in all strength and all power. You'd guide us to all glory and give you the praise, Father God. And we just decree how we need this river, Father, the river of your presence, the river of your indwelling, the river of your deliverance, Father, as promised. How we need this how we need this river, Father, in this desert.
now be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, shall live.
and we're back. It's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Break up your fallow ground, cry out unto the Lord because he has deliverance for you. He has got something wonderful for you. He's got something awesome. But uh, that awesomeness comes when uh, in reaction to your faith. What you do on earth causes a reaction in heaven. And uh, Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's warning what he has to be realized and manifest in your life. But you've got to break up the fallow ground of your heart and your mind and, and your ways. You've got to come out of the habitual television watching and the habitual, habitual uh, habits and attitudes that we tend to have being bound up in this flesh as human beings. That's easy to do. We've got to break all that up so that God can come and penetrate a heart of faith, a, a heart that has a has chosen to believe and chosen to cry out and to rest upon the promises. Let's go to two New Testament examples of two people who decided to cry out, who decided, you know what, I'm going to come out of this flesh, I'm going to come out of this attitude, I'm going to come out of this doubt and disbelief, and I'm going to come before the Lord, and uh, he's going to answer me. The Lord's going to reveal himself to me. And so they made a decision, and I just encourage myself and all of us just to come out of uh, being bound up by that attitude of the flesh. And uh, we know two spies who decided to come out of it, decided to come out of Egypt and all the slavery and the bondage of it, while ten decided to have the wrong confession. And so they did not inherit. They never saw the land that was filled with milk and honey. Jesus poured out some milk and honey to a man. Let's read about this man. Well, we're going to start out in Mark chapter 9, verse 14. It says, And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And whithersoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out. And they could not. And he answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to, unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child, times it has Cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus say, said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. 
when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore, and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind cometh not forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. So there was a manifestation of deliverance that this man who had the epileptic child uh, he had torment was tormented this this man experienced that deliverance and jesus said this comes kind comes out by prayer and fasting so heaven manifests itself based upon activity of faith on the earth that god is looking for faith he's looking for consecration he is looking for you to cry out unto him and he knows very well that you're in your wilderness in your desert he knows all of that, but he's looking for you to look to him, to look unto the hills from whence cometh your help. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And if he made earth, he knows all the problems in the earth. But he's looking for you to build an altar of prayer, just like David built a temple of prayer and Moses built a tabernacle of sacrifice. When you have that prayer and fasting, that attitude and that lifestyle of sacrifice and of prayer constantly and vigilantly unto the Lord, then that's sending up a sweet-smelling offering, an incense unto his nostrils, and that attracts God. Just like you're, when you drive by restaurants and you smell them cooking, you're attracted to that smell, and all of a sudden you're hungry. Well, in the same way, God has deliverance. And when he smells your faith, when he smells your consecration, when he smells that prayer altar burning unto him, then all of a sudden he has a desire to come and to give you that deliverance that he has uh, waiting for you, that he has promised unto you. But the promises, as we talked about earlier in the broadcast, are contingent upon you waiting and you having faith. Faith is an action. And patience is waiting on the Lord. Wait until that package gets to your front door because you've put in your order. And people that you don't even know are working for you. Angels that you don't even know are, are setting things in order for that, that answered prayer to come to you. God in heaven is at work. Heaven hears your prayer. And uh, so Jesus said to this guy, if thou canst believe, and he, he didn't know where this guy was at, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, do you believe? Do you have that faith, that prayer, that fasting, that consecration? And this father, the child, cried out. And what does it say in Joel 2, verse 32? Whosoever calls upon the Lord shall be delivered. He, he called upon, he cried out and said with tears, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. So he had unbelief, but he had a mustard grain, a mustard seed of belief, and that's all that God needs is just that little seed. And through that small little thing, God is able, he is well not able to cause faith, uh, his deliverance to break out. 
And so we see that uh, the child was healed and he was delivered because there was uh, a prayer, there was a crying out, there was fasting, there was consecration, there was a sweet smell of incense. There was a fragrant offering that attracted God and uh, this uh, deliverance came because uh, Old Testament, the Old Testament law of sacrifice on the brazen altar of Moses, that Old Testament law has become a New Testament uh, principle that we live by. We don't have a brazen altar anymore, but we do have a, a prayer closet. And um, that is a principle of sacrifice that Jesus talks about here. This kind doesn't come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. God has got to have some type of sacrifice on the earth that he sees from heaven for heaven to come to earth. It's his will for heaven to come to earth, but how does that happen? That happens by a Old Testament law of sacrifice being retained as a New Testament principle. And that altar that you have in your life is that prayer altar wherein you cry out and you fulfill what Joel says the prescription is, that you call, all who call out unto the Lord shall be delivered. So if God sees on earth that crying and calling out just like this man did, then whatever you have need of, God is going to fulfill that deliverance need. And we've all watched TV and on Star Trek, uh, Captain Kirk would scan, they would come to a planet and they would scan to see if the planet had a friendly atmosphere like onto Earth. And if they did have an, Earth did have an atmosphere that they could dwell in, they beamed down to the planet. Well, the same thing uh, goes with God. God is in heaven. He is scanning earth for faith. He is, he is uh, trying to sniff and smell the, the uh, fragrant offering, so offering of prayer, that prayer incense. Is your altar, is it enkindling that incense, that smoke that arises and goes over the veil? Does it go through the veil uh, to heaven where God can smell and sense that faith in you and cause him to be attracted to you? God is scanning the earth for faith, for consecration, for prayer and fasting, so that he might beam down that deliverance that you need in your hour. Let's turn the page and go to Mark chapter 10. We'll learn about another man who fulfilled what the promise needs in order for the promise to be made manifest on the earth. Let's go to Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And so here's another man who had a need. 
and Jesus was attracted to him and his deliverance was imparted unto this man who cried out. There's probably lots of blind people in Jericho, but this man, Bartimaeus, he cried out and wouldn't, would not receive no for an answer. They tried to get him to be quiet, but he wouldn't. He just shouted out more. And Jesus eventually heard that prayer, commanded him to be brought unto him. What do you want? And Lord, that I might receive my sight. And boom, he was healed. That very moment was able to follow Jesus and to rise up into greater things. And so God knows about our blindness. He knows about uh, our vexations. But what he's requiring is faith. He wants to smell that incense coming from your mouth, that altar. Because out of the heart, the mouth speaks, and you need to put the right pattern, the right words, his promises, his truth into your heart, and let that come out of your mouth in the form of prayer so that God can scan that prayer, he can sense it, and he can beam down from heaven that deliverance and impart it into your life. And what God did for this uh, poor father with a child and for this blind man, he can do it today because God doesn't change. He's the same in yesterday, today, and forever. And that's a great comforting thing. And so, Father, we just give you the praise. We give you the thanks on this broadcast, Lord God, that you are an ever-living God. You never change. Therefore, the sons of Jacob, we scoundrels, Father God, we sinners, are not consumed because it's not based upon our righteousness, Father. It's based upon who you are and what you are able to do. And we thank you that you've brought us to this place of mercy, Father, and that you desire to release that glory, Lord God. You desire to release that deliverance. It's something you want to do. You want heaven to come to earth. And so, Father, I pray for every person listening. I pray that that heaven, that deliverance, that salvation would come to them, Lord, whatever their need is, Lord, impart it unto them, release it unto them, Fill it unto them, Lord God. Let them be strengthened in Jesus' mighty name, Father, as we learn in prayer to breathe you in.
Every time. 